Hello, I'm Scott Cullen, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the National Hockey League. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories, and subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. So, today, uh, we're one day ahead of uh, the expansion draft uh, for the Seattle Kraken, uh, and yesterday we went through... Uh, some of the more surprising players uh, left available uh, for each team. And now uh, I'm going to try and draft out a team. Uh, and uh, I guess what we will see, uh, you know, what, there are all kinds of trades that are likely to happen here uh, with Seattle. As much as teams uh, put out the story all year uh, that, oh, we're just, we're not going to make the same mistakes we made with Vegas. We're, we're just going to let them take one player and, uh, and go on. That's not what's going to happen. Uh, and, and so we know uh, there are going to be uh, trades. I mean, there have been rumors uh, already on some of them. Uh, but I, I'm just going to, I'm going to go through each team, uh, pick, pick a player for the Seattle Kraken, uh, and, and maybe, you know, talk about some of the other options uh, and, and where we can go from there. Uh, so it's going to be 30 teams uh, to pick from, no, Ve- no Vegas uh, options. Uh, and uh, we'll start with Anaheim. The Anaheim Ducks, uh, I'm going to have the crack and take defenseman Hayden Fleury. Uh, not making a huge amount of money, uh, $1.3 million. He was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes when Ron Francis was there uh, in 2014 and is a relatively inexpensive defenseman who has had decent results uh, in a relatively sheltered role uh, in his NHL career. I mean, the other possibility uh, in Anaheim uh, is what if you take on Adam Henrique? If you want somebody who's a proven goal scorer in the league, uh, and it's going to be hard uh, to find uh, established offensive players, um, do you take on three more seasons of Adam Henrique and, and in doing so, acquire other assets uh, from Anaheim for taking Henrique? And and so there's a possibility. I, uh, I'm, I, I, do, I think Flurry is the safer one uh, because at, at, the, at the very least, you could plug him in on the third pair uh, and, and kind of be okay with that. Uh, but... And and because it doesn't cost very much, but uh, there is an option there uh, if the if the Ducks are willing to sweeten the pot enough uh, for Seattle to add Adam Henrique. Uh, so uh, to Arizona, uh, where I was I was leaning uh, towards uh, giving them goaltender uh, Joseph Kajanash, uh, who uh, Arizona had just acquired uh, from San Jose, uh, so that uh, the Sharks could then uh, hang on to Aiden Hill. Uh, in the expansion draft. Uh, and and the reason I would take Kajanash to be like maybe the third goaltender, uh, have him be the starter in the American Hockey League uh, and and see if he can develop. He's 23 years old. Uh, there's, you know, room for him to uh, get better and maybe become uh, an NHL goaltender. And uh, on on his contract is, is very minimal. His, his NHL salary is $733,000. Uh, so that was an option. But Ultimately, I, I was a little thin on right defense, uh, so I've gone with Ilya Lyabushkin, uh, the Russian uh, blue liner who, uh, strangely, I mean, I guess it's not strange that Arizona's not protecting him, but Lyabushkin uh, has been quite effective in a defensive role. Uh, and so if you're uh, Seattle and you add Lyabushkin uh, and you don't know that he's, not, depending on how many defensemen you draft and how many you keep, who knows where he's actually going to fit on your depth chart, but you could very reasonably put him into your lineup if you need to. Uh, and the other alternative, I guess, in Arizona would be a winger like Christian Fisher. Uh, but Fisher has uh, been, I guess, relatively unremarkable uh, in the past few seasons. And 
you're, you're going to have your, your pick of wingers generally. So, um, no need for, no need to go for Fisher. I think Leah Bushkin makes more sense, uh, in Arizona. Uh, the Boston Bruins, uh, now the Bruins have a few tempting, uh, forward, uh, offers here. Now they're both restricted free agents. And, uh, so there's left winger, Nick Ritchie, uh, who's a big bruiser, although not quite the bruiser that he was earlier in his career with Anaheim. He hit a lot more uh, in his uh, days with the Ducks. But Richie was making a little under $1.5 million. He's a restricted free agent, you know, looking at a, uh, a pretty good pay increase. Um, and so there's one option. Right winger Andre Kasha uh, is another. He missed uh, virtually all of last season. Uh, and now he's making $2.6 million and is a restricted free agent. Now, would you would you take Kasha uh, on a on a deal of less than two point six million dollars for sure? Uh, because I think Kasha, when healthy, I mean that may as well be his middle name. Um, that he he can be a really effective play driving player, generates shots and scores goals, uh, and and so that would be valuable. But I don't know that you you want to be paying you know more than two point six million dollars uh, on on the hope that Andre Kasha stays healthy. Uh, and so uh, if you're Seattle. Uh, I think it makes sense to, uh, to go among the uh, the inexpensive blue liners uh, that are available in Boston. And you can get Jacob Zaborl uh, or Connor Clifton or Jeremy Lozon. And I think Lozon uh, has been most effective of those guys, and he's making $850,000. Uh, and so now I've gone through three uh, teams, and I've taken three defensemen. Don't worry, it's not going to be all uh, defensemen. Uh, and in, we go to Buffalo. Where the uh, the Sabers don't have a ton uh, of great value uh, being protected, you know, you could take Cody Aiken, uh, a veteran center who's making two point two five million dollars, uh, but who has also been getting caved in uh, pretty regularly. And so, why are you paying uh, that kind of money for that performance? Uh, and then you could add uh, prospect defenseman Will Borgen, uh, and and there's you know there's a pretty reasonable uh, play if you take Borgen and and expect that he's going to play in the American Hockey League for you. It gives you organizational depth. Uh, that's a possibility, uh, but I'm going with Dustin Tokarski, uh, the veteran goaltender uh, that would pair him with uh, your your other goaltender in the American Hockey League, uh, and Tokarski just gives you organizational depth at, at the position uh, and and doesn't cost you uh, an arm and a leg to do that. Um, so, and, and Tokarski played okay uh, when he got called up to the Sabres last season when they were desperate, uh, and you know having that being stuck behind uh, you know the worst team in, in the league. Uh, and, and having to kind of face uh, what he did uh, for, for, you know, 10 games uh, is enough to, to give him a spot in your American Hockey League team and not worry too much uh, about it. Uh, but you're also not committed uh, long-term in the case of Tokarski. Uh, and so it, that one's kind of a coin flip to me, whether you take Tokarski and just kind of move on, or do you take Will Borgen uh, and hope that, hope that he can uh, develop a little bit uh, in, in the American Hockey League. Uh, to Calgary, well, I think this is one of the more obvious picks. You grab Mark Giordano, uh, and then I guess the question will be whether it's you keep Mark Giordano and let him be a, a real anchor on your uh, on your blue line, uh, the leader of the team, uh, that whole thing, uh, or do you flip Mark Giordano and get uh, quality assets in return? Uh, he's going into the last year of his contract, has a $6.75 million cap hit. Um Surely there would be teams who are interested in Mark Giordano, uh, and even more uh, if Seattle was willing to, you know, retain salary. Uh, and so it would depend uh, from Seattle's perspective. I think it would depend what kind of offers are out there for Giordano, uh, what kind of long-term value you could acquire. Uh, if if those values aren't sufficient, and it means you take Mark Giordano and he's your number one uh, defenseman, then I think you can roll with that. 
Uh, other options in uh, Calgary, you could grab Oliver Shillington, uh, but really, uh, in in the case of the Flames, I think if with Giordano available, uh, and maybe he's not the guy that he was a couple years ago when he won the Norris Trophy, he's still a quality uh, NHL defenseman, and, and you know that that shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, to Carolina, uh, where uh, the Hurricanes have left Nino Niederreiter available, but he is making five point two five million dollars, and I and I just w- wonder whether. Uh, Seattle would want to tie themselves uh, into that contract, uh, and you know, given the kind of inconsistency of Niederreiter's performance, uh, you know, if you were getting the the best of Niederreiter uh, from his Carolina years, uh, you would take that uh, that deal no problem. Uh, but he's gone through some really dry patches as well, uh, and that that makes the the five point two five million dollars a little risky. Uh, so I'm g- giving uh, another defenseman, uh, Jake Bean, who's uh, making $863,000. He's a restricted free agent, but hasn't done a whole whole lot in the National Hockey League yet. He did see uh, some action last year for Carolina and, and kind of held his own. Uh, but uh, as an inexpensive defense option, uh, you can add Bean to the to the number of defensemen we, uh, we've got here. Don't worry, it's not going to be all defensemen, I swear. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, now, if you if you want a big thumper on defense, uh, there's Nikita Zadorov, making $3.2 million last season uh, against the cap. Uh, and he's a restricted free agent. You know, do you want to tie yourself into uh, a long-term investment in Nikita Zadorov, or you just give him the qualifying offer and, and take him for a year? I mean, if you want size, uh, Nikita Zadorov does, would give you that. Uh, but he's also an offensive black hole, uh, and and you might uh, want to find uh, better value. Uh, and for me, uh, I'm going to go for uh, winger Ryan Carpenter. Uh, who has been a, a very solid uh, checking winger in Chicago. And it kind of gets lost because, you know, the Blackhawks aren't, haven't been very good. Uh, and, you know, ha- how well they do on the, on the fourth line doesn't necessarily uh, make a big difference. Uh, but Ryan Carpenter at a million bucks, uh, a solid, versatile uh, checking forward, uh, is uh, a useful addition uh, to the team. Uh, and so let's move on to Colorado, uh, where the Avalanche have, have left a, a couple of quality uh, wingers, uh, Available and there's JT Comfer who who can play some center as well. Uh, Comfer is, has a 3.5 million dollar cap hit, and then there's Jonas Donskoy uh, who uh, has a 3.9 million dollar cap hit. And Donskoy was rather productive last season, uh, but his 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 on ice impacts have uh, not been great uh, for a couple of years, and so I'd be a little wary of uh, taking on that 3.9 million dollars. Uh, may as well grab JT Comfer uh, who has the versatility to play wing and center. Uh, and uh, should fit uh, in the middle six uh, somewhere for Seattle. Uh, to Columbus, uh, where, uh, I mean, the big news, I guess, is that Max Domi is available. And if you, you think that Max Domi, uh, I, I suppose if you thought that Max Domi was going to give you the the, se- the first season that he had in Montreal, uh, where he scored more than 70 points and, and was a really uh, dynamic playmaker, sure, you, you might be interested in Max Domi, but that hasn't been uh, the standard for Domi in his career. Uh, and so you know, paying $5.3 million becomes a rather risky uh, proposition. Uh, you could go for uh, right winger Kevin Stenland, just making $874,000, so pretty reasonable. Uh, and, and Stenland is, is a, a solid depth winger, um, and you, you can easily add him into your, into your mix and, and be fine. Uh, but I, I prefer defenseman Dean Kuken, uh, who... Uh, has been quite effective uh, in a shot suppressing role uh, for Columbus, uh, and you know some of it is he hasn't uh, been able to to play regularly, uh, at least not 
uh, over an extended period. But uh, I would try Kukan and uh, and add him in on the right side uh, on the blue line. And I know a lot of defensemen, but it's going to balance out, I swear. Um, uh, to Dallas. Uh, and now Dallas, because of their protected list, there is not a lot of uh, great value uh, in what they have exposed. I mean, if you think that you want to take a shot at Ben Bishop uh, to be the starting goaltender after he missed all of last season, I mean, you could, uh, but that's a risky proposition. And, and I don't think that's the, uh, a smart play. I think uh, probably the best thing to do in Dallas uh, is to go looking uh, for uh, kind of wingers who are on their way up. And, and whether you try Nick Camano. Uh, or Adam Mascarin. Uh, and I think Mascarin uh, had a point a game in the American Hockey League last year, 34 points in 34 games. Uh, add him to the mix uh, and, and give him an opportunity uh, to earn uh, a spot, say, in your middle six and, and see what comes of it. And uh, and if nothing comes of it uh, right out of training camp and he has to go to the American Hockey League, then you, know, you, you deal with that. Uh, but uh, as a, a relatively inexpensive player, uh, because he hasn't... Uh, been playing the National Hockey League. Uh, he's a restricted free agent, but uh, will not be a very pricey uh, player to sign. So uh, that gets us through the Dallas Stars. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will dive into the Detroit Red Wings as we continue through uh, picking a team for the Seattle Kraken. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. At Rock Auto, it's $216. That is money in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And they are reliably low prices for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com so we're picking things up uh, with the detroit red wings uh, and uh, the red wings they've they've got vladislav nemestikov a versatile forward who can uh, play center and wing uh, one year left on a deal that pays two million dollars uh, but i do think uh, a right shot defenseman like troy stetcher uh, who's got one year left on his deal, $1.7 million. I think Stetcher uh, makes lots of sense. Uh, as he's a competitive guy, not the, not the biggest defenseman, but uh, I think uh, he, he has shown that he is a legit NHL defenseman and getting a, a right shot defenseman uh, helps balance things out a little bit. Uh, and so uh, we're, again, more defensemen. Uh, to Edmonton, where there is not a, a lot of uh, value, I guess, coming out of the, the Oilers' Uh, protected list certainly not NHL value and you know if you wanted to take a shot on Oscar Clefbaum uh, he's got more, two years left on his deal more than four million dollars against the cap uh, but the real concerns I guess about uh, the health of his shoulder and whether or not he's even going to be able to uh, to play next season after he missed all of last season uh, given that risk I don't I don't think it makes sense for Seattle to go for Clefbaum so why not try uh, left winger Tyler Benson uh, who was a high pick uh, uh, in in uh, the Western Hockey League draft, uh, and then uh, 
had a good career in the Western Hockey League, made it as a second round pick to the NHL, and has been a productive uh, American Hockey League player, uh, but has played just seven games uh, in the NHL with the Oilers. Uh, he's another one, and, and kind of you can take Adam Mascarin uh, from Dallas and Tyler Benson from Edmonton uh, and give those guys a shot uh, and see whether or not they can uh, make it in the National Hockey League and see what they can do uh, with the opportunity. If uh, if Benson or Mascarin uh, moves forward and proves that they can be a top six forward in the NHL, well, terrific. Uh, and if not, well, you know, you, you, you need to, to venture a little bit to gain something uh, in, the, in this situation. So uh, I'll take Tyler Benson uh, and hope. Uh, that he is ready to, for his shot at the National Hockey League. Uh, now, in Florida, there's been a lot of talk uh, about Seattle uh, making a deal to grab Chris Dreger, uh, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent, but uh, would certainly be interested, I think, in, in the opportunity to be the starter uh, in Seattle. Uh, and if uh, you know there's a deal that can be worked out, uh, then... You know, that, that sort of saves things for, for Florida. Is, I mean, they're going to lose Dreger anyway, uh, whether he ends up in Seattle or not. Uh, but uh, if Dreger uh, goes and, and Seattle comes up with a, a deal, let's say a, a three-year deal for him, maybe $10 million, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, to, to step in and be their starting goaltender. Um, yeah, I mean, he's played well in, in kind of limited uh, sample size with Florida over the past couple of seasons. So I, I, I wouldn't want to you know pay through the nose for Dreger as your starter, but that's part of the deal here is you, uh, you get a starter who you can get at a, at a reasonable price. Uh, if if uh, that deal isn't uh, happening, uh, they could consider Frank Vetrano, uh, who is left available, uh, has a $2.55 million cap hit, uh, and you know for whatever flaws there might be in Vetrano's game, he generates shots uh, and, and can score some goals. Uh, and if you wanted him in a middle six role uh, with the Kraken, uh, you could easily fit Vetrano in there, uh, but I think right now I'm, I'm going to go with the expectation that Dreger uh, gets his chance in there. Uh, in Los Angeles... Uh, some interesting uh, and relatively inexpensive players uh, available for uh, for the Kings, and if if defense is you know your objective, Kale Clegg, uh, a prospect who saw some time uh, with the Kings this past season, who's got decent offensive uh, performance, his defensive play is a little little suspect, I guess, uh, but he's inexpensive, uh, makes like seven hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars, and if if you want to kind of add him to the mix, you could try Kale Clegg. Uh, I'm going to try uh, center Blake Lazat, uh, who's uh, a speedy uh, and smallish center uh, who can, can fill a depth role. Uh, and whether that's a, a third or fourth line role in Seattle, so be it. Uh, but I think Lazat uh, is, is a pretty reasonable option. Uh, if, if the the Kraken are looking to you know just inject speed into their lineup, they could go for uh, left winger Austin Wagner, uh, who you know makes a little over 1.1 million uh, and you know, one of the fastest uh, players in the league. So you, you could certainly try that. But I think Lazat uh, fills indeed down the middle of the ice uh, and is reasonably priced. Uh, to Minnesota, uh, where uh, I think the most the most obvious play is to grab goaltender Capo Kakinen. I mean, if the if the Wild were going to protect Kakinen, then you'd probably grab Cam Talbot and let him be your starter. Uh, but uh, Kakinen uh, practically saved the Wild season uh, last last year when uh, when Talbot got hurt uh, and. Uh, they grabbed Kakinen and, and plugged him into the, the starting lineup, and, and he performed really well. He, his performance started to dip uh, as the season went on, but if he hadn't played as well as he did initially, I mean, the Wild would have been scrambling. Uh, and so 
I, I think if you were Seattle and, and we're going to run a, a goaltending tandem of, of Chris Dreger and Capo Kakinen, you're probably fine there. I mean, it, it's, they're not stars by any stretch, but they're young and inexpensive uh, and should be solid enough NHL goaltenders. Uh, and so that would be my choice. Uh, failing that, uh, if you were looking for some size on the blue line, maybe Carson Soucy. Uh, is out there, but he, he's you know he's two point seven five million dollars compared to Kakinen, who's seven hundred twenty five thousand. Uh, I think it makes more sense uh, to grab the the inexpensive backup goaltender uh, to Montreal, where I mean Montreal, as I mentioned uh, on the last podcast, is they really seem to be gaming the system here a bit uh, with uh, with Shea Weber unprotected and, and talk of him maybe never playing again, and uh, Carey Price not protected, and while he's you know probably going to be undergoing you know, knee surgery and he's got a bad hip and, and, you know, on and on about, about the injuries. Uh, and then there's Jonathan Drouin, who's not protected. And, and we don't know about really the status of Drouin uh, after he took a mental health leave from the team uh, last season. So there, there's some kind of question marks, I guess, around the high profile names that are left available uh, for Montreal. And, and so, you know, let's bounce around that. You could uh, go grab Brett Kulak, uh, who's been a steady, uh, defenseman, uh, and it makes $1.85 million. Uh, Seattle could totally add Kulak and, and make him part of their defense rotation and be fine. Uh, but I'm thinking maybe go a little younger uh, and grab defenseman Kale Fleury, uh, Hayden Fleury's brother. And uh, hey, look, Kale, Kale Fleury is, is a decent prospect and he's young and, and worth uh, you know having a shot there. Um, and, and not with the expectation necessarily that he's going to be uh, part of the lineup you know, next season, uh, but you know, that he can, uh, go and kind of be one of the, uh, one of the top prospects, uh, in the organization, uh, you know, playing big minutes in the American hockey league and ready to, uh, to move up say in the next year or two. Uh, and so there, there's a possibility there that, you know, you just avoid, avoid all the high profile stuff in Montreal, go grab Kale Fleury, uh, and, and hope that he continues to develop as a, as a legit, uh, defense prospect. Uh, then uh, to the Nashville Predators, who uh, have an interesting list of, of available players since they only protected uh, three forwards uh, and then five defensemen. Uh, and so depending on, uh, I guess, the goaltending situation, maybe you look to goaltender Connor Ingram, uh, who's, uh, I guess, had some ups and downs. But in the American Hockey League, he's 23 years old. There's a you know a chance that Ingram could, could turn into an NHL goaltender, and he's inexpensive. Uh, so maybe uh, you try there. Or you try veteran winger Cal Yarncroke, a versatile player, plays in the middle six. Uh, and uh, can score a bit and uh, and defend a bit. And, and so at $2 million, Yarn Croak would totally fit. Uh, but I'm going to go for left-winger Yakov Trenin, uh, who's been playing a fourth-line role uh, for Nashville, but been reasonably effective uh, in that role and is making $725,000. So very inexpensive. Uh, you can add Trenin in uh, as a fourth-liner, uh, brings a physical element and um, you know, you, you might be able to give him a little bit more ice time than he was getting in Nashville, uh, if, if his play, uh, warrants it. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll do the New Jersey Devils, uh, before we move on to our next break. Uh, and so with the Devils, I mean, I think one of the more interesting plays would be to take PK Subban, uh, and, and flip Subban, uh, you know, retaining salary, uh, like Subban's on ice impacts have, have not been great for basically the last three seasons. Uh, and you know, no one is going to take PK Subban, uh, at a $9 million cap hit. But, uh, if Seattle's willing to, uh, retain half that salary, maybe, uh, you find a team that's interested in Subban at half that, uh, cap hit. And, and then in that case, uh, they would have to be giving some significant assets, uh, to Seattle to make that kind of move. Uh, but 
that that's you know that's maybe the biggest and boldest move you can make with New Jersey. Uh, otherwise, I mean, Will Butcher is out there. He kind of fell out of favor uh, with the Devils last season, uh, and so you might be doing them a favor uh, by taking. Uh, Butcher and his salary. Uh, Andreas Johnson uh, has $3.4 million uh, against the cap. And probably, uh, you know, not, you, when you have the pick of wingers that Seattle is going to have, there's probably not great value in grabbing Andreas Johnson. Uh, and so then it probably comes down to a question of a couple of uh, wingers who are sort of fringe uh, NHL guys. And there's Nathan Bastion and Nick Merkley. Uh, and so in the case of Bastion, uh, the Devils did sign Bastion to a two year deal. Uh, at $825,000 cap hit. Uh, and and Merkley is a restricted free agent. Uh, and I think uh, the the possibility of being able to just take Merkley on a one-year deal um, is a little bit easier uh, than, than taking Bastion because if, if you knew that Bastion was definitely going to be able to play on your team and, and be a, a regular in the lineup, then fine. Uh, but why, are you, why commit uh, two years to him? Uh, when he is going to be uh, kind of battling for a spot in the same way that Nick Merkley uh, would be. Uh, and so uh, unless you're doing it uh, with the idea that you, know, you need the size that Bastion provides and, and there's, you know, some, uh, you know, some viability to that, he's a, he's a big winger uh, and, and you could consider that, but uh, I'm going to go with Nick Merkley uh, on my team. Uh, and when we come back, uh, we will continue uh, picking the rest of the Seattle Kraken lineup. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. That includes Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL is coming, and UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're picking things up with the New York Islanders, and the Islanders, uh, if you remember what they did with the, the Vegas Golden Knights, their protected list looked like a, uh, a real you know, bizarre uh, list of players that were uh, protected and, and, and those left available, and it turned out that the Islanders had made a, a deal uh, with Vegas, and, and that may be the case here uh, with Seattle as well. Uh, um, because right now, uh, they have Jordan Everly available. They have uh, Josh Bailey uh, available. They have Richard Ponick. Uh, available, uh, Sebastian Ajo uh, available, and so uh, that's the other Sebastian Ajo, uh, and so you know those those would all be viable options. I think I think if if we're playing this straight and the, and the Islanders don't have any uh, deals on the table with Seattle, then Seattle should give Jordan Everly a shot. Five point five million dollar cap hit, uh, and he's a a smart. Uh, player who's had positive uh, on ice impacts and scores at even strength and uh, should be a, a pretty valuable player uh, on an expansion team that needs skill up front. Uh, and so uh, I would take Jordan Everly uh, as the choice. And I say that with a full expectation that there's probably something going on uh, with the Islanders where, where they're going to have, um, they're going to have some kind of deal made uh, with Seattle uh, because otherwise it just doesn't make sense that you're protecting Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck uh, to instead of somebody like Everly, I mean, yes, they're they're not as expensive, uh, but uh, I, I just think it's uh, the value of the player. Uh, Everly has you know legitimate uh, value as a scoring winger, uh, and, and that's not something you should just easily uh, set aside. So whatever, uh, I, I'm going to play it straight, and I'll take Jordan Everly uh, 
to, to Seattle. Uh, the New York Rangers uh, do not have uh, a ton of value coming out of their protected list, in part uh, because they, they really have guys at the extreme. So they have really great high-end talent uh, and then a lot of young players who, who aren't even qualified really for the uh, expansion draft. And so of, of the guys who are available, you're probably looking to winger Colin Blackwell, a uh, veteran winger who's kind of uh, just been battling to, to get regular time in the league with Nashville and now with uh, the Rangers. And he makes just $725,000. So he would be a totally viable uh, option here. Uh, but there's also winger Julian Gauthier, who's younger, uh, you know, maybe there's some upside there and maybe there's some uh, some fond memories from the Carolina contingent uh, that uh, Gauthier, uh, he was a first round pick of the, of the Hurricanes. Uh, and, you know, maybe uh, you give him a shot. Uh, and even if it means he, he's in the, the, the mix of young forwards uh, like uh, Mascaran uh, and uh, Benson and Merkley, and, and you kind of, you know, give a bunch of those guys a shot and the ones that don't make it, well, they they go and, and lead your American Hockey League team and you have some organizational depth that you can you can call on uh, during the season. Uh, and so um, there we are with the, the Rangers. Uh, to the Ottawa Senators, and now the Senators, uh, again, this is a, a case where uh, if, the, if we're playing it straight, uh, I think uh, Evgeny Dadunov is a worthwhile uh, look uh, for Seattle that you could take Dadunov, who's got $5 million uh, cap hit for the next two seasons uh, and Put him in, in a, uh, and he can give you secondary offense uh, and uh, and that and kind of upgrade your skill. He didn't have a great year uh, for Ottawa this past season, and that's uh, part of the reason he's made available here. Uh, but you could totally uh, roll with that enough. Now, uh, there are rumors out there uh, that Logan Brown uh, might be on his way to Seattle, uh, and now Brown was protected uh, by uh, by the Senators. And, and so if there is a deal that has Logan Brown going to uh, Seattle uh, and Seattle takes someone else, uh, then, you know, that, that makes sense. Uh, if you're the, the Kraken to grab a young uh, center who, who hasn't really, hasn't been able to make it work uh, with Ottawa, but uh, you know, there've been kind of a variety of reasons, whether it's his inconsistency and then some injuries, and then, you know, the team having its own general problems. Uh, I don't know that you pin it all on Logan Brown, uh, certainly pin some of it, uh, on him, but he, he might be the kind of player that you say, give him a fresh start somewhere else, a better opportunity, and and maybe it, it clicks for him. Uh, and so uh, if uh, it turns out to be Logan Brown uh, going uh, to Seattle uh, and and then you have to take someone else, uh, then that should be uh, okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know who uh, they would insist uh, upon going. Uh, do you have to take Chris Tierney uh, as well? I mean, that'd be fine. Uh, if you're Seattle, you can make do with the depth, uh, even if Tierney is a little expensive for a year. Uh, but uh, so there you go. Ottawa, I, I think if I was playing it straight, I would take Dadnoff, but I, I think there's some, uh, you know, the, the rumors have gotten out already that Logan Brown does seem to be uh, on his way there. Uh, for Philadelphia, uh, now the the Flyers are, are a team who really has some uh, kind of some big ticket uh, players available uh, and big p- ticket players who are worth worthwhile. Uh, and so you, you could look to Jakob Voracek, but Voracek's making more than eight million dollars against the cap, uh, and that's probably more uh, than than Seattle wants to to pay given his uh, production in recent seasons. But uh, on the blue line, you could get Shane Gostas Bear. Uh, a couple of years of uh, a cap hit of 4.5 million or left winger James Van Riemsdyk uh, for a couple of years, cap hit of 7 million. Uh, I think you, you, you'd spend that money on Van Riemsdyk, uh, who's uh, 
who's you know great skill throughout his entire career uh, is the the guy can finish around the net. He's a big body with soft hands, uh, and and that isn't going to go away uh, even if Van Riemsdyk you know maybe is going to lose uh, speed over time. Uh, I mean, speed has never really been a huge part of his game, so uh, he he should still be able to get his body around the net uh, and uh, and finish. Uh, and, and so uh, there's real value to that uh, as you're building an expansion team because scoring goals is going to be a really hard thing uh, for them to do. Uh, so uh, take James Van Riemsdyk, spend that uh, $7 million against the cap uh, and hope that he uh, helps to elevate really uh, your other players is uh, having a guy who can finish off their uh, plays, uh, that matters. Uh, and so now we move to Pittsburgh where the Penguins have uh, a variety uh, of interesting pieces. Uh, you could get a scoring winger like Jason Zucker uh, got a $5.5 million cap hit. Uh, a, a great checking winger like Zach Aston Reese, who's was a restricted free agent, has a million dollar cap hit right now, uh, but doesn't put up huge numbers. So that it's not likely that he's going to get a massive raise there. Uh, or you get a goaltender like Casey DeSmith. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're willing to overlook uh, his past off ice transgressions, um, you know, he, he would fit into the goaltending mix uh, for uh, the, the Penguins. Uh, and then uh, the the player who I think that they should take is defenseman Marcus Pedersen, uh, who I, I'm surprised that the Penguins are leaving available. Uh, and maybe they're not actually leaving available. Maybe they're making a deal with uh, Seattle uh, and, and Pedersen's availability isn't going to matter. But if if uh, we're playing this straight, then Pedersen's available. I think Seattle uh, should jump in on a 25-year-old defenseman making a little over $4 million uh, a year and delivering solid uh, results as a shot suppressor in, in the top four. Uh, and, you know, that, that shouldn't be ignored. Uh, and then uh, the question will become for Seattle, uh, do you, you know, plug Marcus Pedersen in as, as a core piece of your defense? Uh, or is this a player you shop around uh, and find a team who, who's willing to pay you significant assets for a top four defenseman signed to a, a pretty reasonable uh, contract? Uh, so, uh, but I think in terms of value, Marcus Pedersen uh, is well worth a look for Seattle. Uh, San Jose, uh, you got a few options here, uh, and and you could, if you're still looking for defense, uh, Radim Shimek is is there, but he's got multiple years at 2.25 million dollars, uh, so I don't love that option. Uh, you could try Dylan Gambrell, uh, a center who's on a minimum deal, so uh, kind of not a big investment. But I don't mind Ryan Donato, uh, a winger. Uh, who can play, you know, both sides. In fact, he can play some center if need be. Uh, and, and in limited roles, uh, Donato has been able to generate shots rather consistently in the NHL. And uh, he's a restricted free agent, made $1.9 million uh, last season. And, and so you, you kind of be wary, I guess, that uh, if you're going to take Ryan Donato, you're going to expect him uh, to play uh, and probably in your top nine uh, at that price. And, and, I don't think that's unreasonable to think that Ryan Donato can come in and play in the top nine uh, for an expansion team. Uh, but you, there, there is a bit more of a commitment there uh, than you're making with uh, some of the uh, inexpensive forwards who are out there. Uh, St. Louis Blues uh, have, you know, one of the more attractive lists of available players. Uh, I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko is out there at $7.5 million. But, I mean, Tarasenko, it, unless, you, unless you can get some kind of verification that his shoulder is okay, uh, it's not worth it. And, and um, you know, if you were getting a healthy Tarasenko for $7.5 million, you'd take it and, uh, and you have a, a franchise scorer ready to go. Uh, but if, if the shoulder is really shot, uh, and after three surgeries, it might be, uh, then, you know, there's probably just too much risk involved, uh, especially when, uh, the blues have defenseman Vince Dunn, uh, available. Um, 
and Don uh, has has performed well in a sheltered role uh, in St. Louis. And the real question, I guess, is whether uh, you would move him up the depth chart uh, in Seattle and see whether or not he can do it uh, in, in a bigger role. Like, uh, can he play 20 minutes a, a game and uh, and and still give you positive results. And it, uh, it's, you know, one thing to have kind of the, the strong impacts and, and, and underlying numbers uh, that Dunn has uh, throughout his career in St. Louis. Uh, it's another thing altogether to, okay, you're going to do this in, in a top four role and those glaring mistakes you make uh, are going to end up in the back of the net um, because you're playing against better competition. And, and so, you know, be, beware, I guess. Uh, but I, I think Vince Dunn makes a lot of sense uh, for, for Seattle. Uh, if failing that, failing, you know, Dunn or Tarasenko, Zach Sanford is another possibility. Uh, if you're looking for size on the wings and a pretty uh, useful uh, player who can score a little bit, uh, Sanford's an option. But I, I think Dunn is still, uh, has more value uh, for St. Louis. Uh, now we get to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And obviously the Lightning uh, have tons of players uh, of, of value here. And and they may be a team that is uh, trying to, to work out a trade with Seattle. And that, that becomes difficult. And, uh, you know, Yanni Gord and Alex Kalorn and Andre Palat are all available. Matthew Joseph uh, is available. And I guess the, the question might be, what can Seattle extract uh, from Tampa Bay for not taking uh, those players and you know what would what would you have to add if you're Tampa Bay what do you have to add to say Tyler Johnson uh, in order to, to make it palatable uh, for Seattle is it Cal Foot um, you know a, a prospect uh, defenseman a right shot uh, who who played 35 games for the Lightning last year was not terribly effective but he was a rookie and you know there's upside uh, that if you're an expansion team you you would be willing to uh, make that make that risk I, I presume is that you, you would take on Tyler Johnson who's uh who has kind of fallen down the lightning depth chart but would probably move up uh, the uh, uh the uh, Kraken depth chart uh a little bit but I also think there's a real trade-off uh, to be made there in, in that uh, Tyler Johnson uh you wouldn't reasonably expect him to to come in and be a number one center uh for an NHL team even an expansion team uh, whereas Yanni Gord uh, if you took him and he's got four years left on a deal that pays more than $5 million uh, per season, Gord could uh, be a number one center on, the, on an expansion team. And, and you would you know, give him a, a bigger role than what he was getting in uh, Tampa Bay. And that would probably mean more power play time and, um, and uh, you know, more expectation. Uh, but uh, that would be, uh, that I'm sure is the negotiation that has been going on between Seattle and Tampa Bay is that uh, what kind of price uh, could Seattle extract uh, to make it worth their while to not take uh, somebody like Yanni Gord? Uh, and so uh, then we move to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, as I said the other day, when they, they made the deal for Jared McCann uh, from Pittsburgh, and, I, and then I commented on Twitter that it would just be wild uh, because the for the Maple Leafs to then lose uh, Jared McCann uh, in the expansion draft because uh, they didn't protect uh, McCann. Uh, and, uh, and so they... The Maple Leafs, who went with a 4-4-1 protection plan, uh, they left Alexander Kerfoot and Jared McCann uh, available, as well as Travis Dermott, the defenseman, who's relatively inexpensive, and you could add Travis Dermott just fine. Uh, but it probably makes more sense, uh, to if you're Seattle, to, to go grab McCann or Kerfoot. And, and I think if, if we're just doing this straight on value, uh, it makes sense for them to grab Kerfoot, or for them to grab McCann, uh, because he's, he's better. Uh, and a little bit cheaper and a little bit younger. Uh, and so that, that would make more sense. Uh, but if we're, if we're to believe uh, leaked online videos, uh, it's possible that Seattle uh, has selected Alexander Kerfoot 
Uh, and if they have, uh, maybe they've selected Kerfoot uh, with the Leafs throwing in a sweetener and who knows what, uh, what that could be. Uh, but if the Leafs are doing that uh, and then they're going to plug McCann into Kerfoot's spot, well, they, they've got themselves covered. Uh, that was the whole, uh, the theory uh, was that McCann was going to be Kerfoot insurance. Uh, but uh, it, <laughs> if you end up losing McCann, then he's not so much insurance as, as uh, he's the better player uh, getting selected. And so uh, I think the most likely scenario is it's either Kerfoot or McCann uh, and, the, and just how much you believe the, uh, the leaked online video uh, with a, a, a fish getting thrown and, and people announcing Alexander Kerfoot. Uh, I don't know that that should come across as something very official, uh, but uh, if that's the case, uh, maybe Kerfoot uh, is, the, is the choice for uh, Seattle. And, and really, there's not much of a difference in, in terms of how uh, that player uh, should make a difference on that team. They're probably both uh, guys who would be ideal second-line centers uh, on that roster. So uh, we'll move on uh, from Toronto to Vancouver. Uh, where the Canucks do not have a, a lot of uh, value in, in the uh, in the expansion draft, and so uh, I mean n- certainly none of their defensemen, and I don't think you want to pay four point three million dollars for Braden Holpe, uh, and so then uh, you're looking at kind of fringy forwards. Uh, there's uh, Cole Lind, uh, who's been mostly in the American Hockey League, um, but I mean you could kind of cast him into that same group of of young forwards that you're willing to give a chance uh, and see which ones stick and which ones don't. Uh, you could take uh, kind of a, a fourth line banger who can play center and wing, Zach McEwen. Uh, you could try him out. Uh, but I think uh, Jace Howerluck uh, is, is worthwhile. Now, Howerluck's battled injuries, and, and that's been a bit of an issue for him. But when he plays, uh, he's a pretty useful player. Uh, you know, fourth liner who will, who will hit and, and agitate a little bit, uh, and, and the puck moves the right way when he's on the ice. And so, uh, Haraluk, he's a restricted free agent who made 800000 last year, so he's not going to be uh, a real you know, expensive option, uh, and so would be a pretty easy add uh, for Seattle. Uh, then we move on to the Washington uh, Capitals, skipping past the Vegas Golden Knights, who do not need to expose anyone uh, in uh, the draft. Uh, and, and here in Washington, uh, you, certainly goaltender Vitek Vanacek is a possibility, uh, who he kind of showed last season that he's at least a, a viable NHL goaltender. Uh, and, and he's making just $717,000, so reasonably priced. Uh, but I, I think Washington's got some pretty tempting defensemen out there. Uh, and you could get Nick Jensen, a right-shot defenseman who's making $2.5 million. Uh, or uh, if you want to put it, take an extra year and more money, you could get Brendan Dillon. Uh, and Dillon uh, is a, a quality uh, shot-suppressing left-shot defenseman uh, who I think, uh, it, you know, if you go through, and I, I've drafted quite a few defensemen, uh, I don't have... Uh, a whole lot of big bangers, uh, and Dylan is one of those guys. And and so, uh, given that he would offer something that uh, Seattle doesn't necessarily have yet, um, I would take Brendan Dylan, uh, play him in, uh, on your shutdown pair, uh, and hope that uh, that he can kind of continue uh, to be as effective as he has been in the past couple of seasons for uh, for Washington. Uh, and then finally, we get to the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, the Jets. Uh, I mean, the big debate uh, in Winnipeg was over who was going to get protected on their blue line, whether it was uh, going to be Logan Stanley or Dylan DeMello. Uh, and Stanley is big and, and unproven and not so good, uh, whereas DeMello is uh, smaller. I mean, he's six foot, 195 pounds or something. He's not, he, he's not tiny, uh, but uh, he, he's not as big as Stanley, uh, but he's actually quite effective uh, and costs you a little bit more because uh, he's been in the league longer. 
Uh, and so uh, the Jets made their decision to protect Stanley, and so DeMello, DeMello is out there uh, as a, a, a viable option uh, for Seattle on their right side. Uh, but there's also uh, right winger Mason Appleton, uh, who had a pretty nice season uh, playing in a, a third-line role for the Jets last year. Makes just $900,000, and so I think Appleton is going to be the choice. Uh, somehow, uh, goaltender Mikhail Berdin, uh, would, I guess, could be a possibility, but I think uh, you know, given that the Jets have such strong options otherwise, uh, Berdin is probably safe. Uh, so Appleton or DeMello, uh, I think, is, is where the decision comes down to, and I think uh, you know, given how many defensemen I have, uh, I'll take Mason Appleton. Uh, and expect him to uh, to play a significant role. So now, when we look at uh, my lineup, uh, I'm looking at a first line uh, of Yanni Gord between James Van Riemsdyk and Jordan Eberle. Uh, not bad. I mean, it's we're talking an expansion first line, but uh, that's a pretty solid group. Uh, and then on the second line, I've got Alexander Kerfoot or, or Jared McCann, whichever one uh, they get out of the Leafs, uh, along with Mason Appleton. And then I'm going to throw uh, a young winger there. And so I got Tyler Benson penciled in, uh, but if it's Adam Mascarin uh, or JT Comfer or whomever, uh, there, there's room there on, on the second line left wing spot. Uh, may, I mean, maybe it's uh, a top draft pick uh, that you plug in there. Who knows? Uh, a free agent even. Uh, and then on the third line, uh, if Logan Brown is going to move uh, to Seattle, I've got Logan Brown between Ryan Donato and JT Comfer. Um, that there's some talent there, uh, certainly uh, a line that uh, would have a chance to give you some secondary uh, scoring. And then on the fourth line, I've got uh, Blake Lizotte uh, in the middle of Ryan Carpenter and Yakov Trenin. Uh, and now this, you know, this kind of move leaves you with some extra forwards. Uh, and that's uh, Adam Mascarin and Jace Howerluck and uh, Nick Merkley uh, and Julian Gauthier. And so, you know, you, if you have an extra forward or two on the roster, that's fine. Uh, others will head to the AHL and, and kind of be ready to uh, come up uh, when needed. Uh, and then on the blue line, uh, I've got uh, Mark Giordano and Vince Dunn. I'm playing Dunn on, on the right side uh, there, l- largely because uh, Giordano has done this before uh, with TJ Brody, a left shot on the, on the right side, and Dunn has played the right side before. Uh, and, uh, and Giordano uh, has, has made his partners look better uh, for a long time. Uh, and if, uh, if he can kind of help Dunn uh, move up the depth chart, uh, I think that's worth, worth a look. Uh, and then on the second pair, I've got Brendan Dillon uh, and Dean Kukan. And that's uh, an expectation that they can uh, be a real shot-suppressing pair. Uh, and, and, I mean, Kukan ha- hasn't been really charged with that role in, in, in any real big way uh, in Columbus. But uh, with Seattle, and you pair him with uh, somebody like Dillon, who's been doing it for a few years, uh, that uh, there's a real opportunity for them to kind of develop into the a solid second pair. Uh, and then in the third pair, uh, I've got Hayden Fleury and Troy Stetcher. Uh, and then uh, you've got Jeremy Lozon and Ilya Lubushkin uh, kind of battling as extra defensemen. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, I've got Kale Fleury and Jake Bean, uh, who, um, you know, whether if one of those guys or even both of them end up in the American Hockey League, uh, that would be fine. Uh, but you might end up having to trade uh, one because... You, you just might have too many defensemen, really. And and having said all this, uh, I've, I'm sort of forecasting a trade that if the Kraken do uh, pick up Marcus Pedersen in, uh, in the draft from uh, Pittsburgh, uh, that they should be able to get some real value uh, by offering a, a top four defenseman who's 25 years old, making $4 million uh, for the next four seasons. Uh, there should be teams who are lined up 
to get Marcus Pedersen. And, and so there, there should be some future value uh, that Seattle can acquire uh, and, and not really miss uh, Pedersen so much because they've drafted so many uh, defensemen uh, through this process. And then uh, in goal, uh, I've got uh, the Kraken going with a relatively uh, inexperienced uh, group. But if they go with Chris Dreger uh, as the starter and Capo Kakinen as the backup, uh, and then you get some organizational depth. Uh, uh, as part of the Logan Brown deal, I'm giving the Kraken Anton Forsberg, a uh, guy who bounced around the, the National Hockey League last year, uh, and he, he can be kind of their, uh, their top option in the American Hockey League. Uh, and then Dustin Tokarski uh, can be another option uh, in the American Hockey League. And, and uh, hopefully, you would think between Dreger, Kakinen, and Forsberg, you can get adequate uh, NHL goaltending uh, and kind of move from there. And uh, if you're uh, Seattle... Uh, and yes, there's some risk there in not uh, taking a, a proven, established goaltender. Uh, but you know what? What good does it do you to spend you know 4.3 million dollars, for example, uh, on uh, one season of Braden Holtby if Holtby gives you another season like he has for the past couple? Uh, you know, an 8.97 save percentage, whether it's from an inex- inexperienced goaltender or from a guy with uh, a Stanley Cup ring, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. So. Um, may as well do it uh, for the, the inexperienced goaltenders uh, because they, they're not as expensive uh, and it leaves you more flexibility uh, to do things in the future. Uh, and so uh, I, I look at this team and, I, and it doesn't look like, well, they're going to be great. They're going to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but if Chris Dreger played really well in goal, if, uh, if the defense came together, if you know some of the young players kind of stepped up offensively, they could very easily be a playoff team in the Pacific Division. That looks like a division that is vulnerable. Uh, and look, if Seattle makes the playoffs off the start, I mean that's uh, that would be really something. And uh, and you know this lineup doesn't include uh, the second overall pick uh, in in this year's draft. And if that's say Matty Beniers uh, from uh, from Michigan, well, I mean maybe he uh, could slide in uh, into their lineup uh, as soon as next year. Uh, and if he does. Well, then you have a little bit more talent being injected uh, into this lineup, and uh, maybe the scoring comes a little bit easier uh, if if you can, uh, you know, pull pull the the best types of seasons out of out of their offensive players. Uh, you, I can see a path uh, to this Seattle team being a playoff team. And so, uh, anyway, this is this was my take uh, on who Seattle uh, could take uh, for for their expansion team. We will see on Wednesday night for for real, uh, but. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be fascinated, really, uh, to see what kinds of deals get made behind the scenes uh, because uh, we, we were been told basically for, for years uh, that NHL teams weren't going to make the same mistakes that they made with Vegas, and maybe that will be the case. But uh, judging by what we've seen from protected lists and, uh, and kind of rumblings that are coming out, uh, it does look like there are teams who are looking to, to make side deals uh, with the Kraken, uh, and those uh, will uh, ha- obviously have a real dramatic effect uh, on uh, what the final roster looks like. So um, that will do it for uh, for today's podcast. I'm going to have uh, a, one more bonus podcast coming as we do draft histories, uh, and uh, we've got to finish up uh, the the last uh, four teams uh, as, as we head towards the this year's National Hockey League draft. Uh, and... Uh, then uh, I'd say go check out uh, Locked On Fantasy Baseball, which as we head into the second half of the season, it's uh, kind of get your team ready to uh, contend uh, down the stretch. And so um, check out both these podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.
Betting on the National Hockey League doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. 